Welcome to episode 54 of Wolves Cast, the show that all the odds makers are way too high on. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm the 24 second Scott Clock. Still working on those nicknames. Good one, good you gotta one. Gotta get good those one. handles. Good one. Does anyone know Jesus Amiro's real names? No, you don't. Go ahead, say it again, say it again. The 24 second Scott Clock. Yeah, you are. I'm yeah, you are. Trying, trying for something. Reaching. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Neil, yeah. it's good to be here with you. We're back in the studio. We're back in the back in the spot. It's been a long off season. Mm. Yes, it has. Especially when you're so excited to see this new team. The waiting really is the hardest part. <sighs> it's been a very long summer. Uh, you know, NBA season. Everyone wants to talk about how it's a you know it's a 12 month season and stuff but still the summers are long no real basketball recording this on a dark and stormy night yes indeed we're back after the summer of no basketball lots of moves lots of you know lots of movement lots of free agency signings and trades and a very active summer um, but it's been a while since we've done a show we did a couple shows this summer we did a like a pre-draft show and then we did a post-draft uh more of a post trade show right. <laughs> i guess it would talked be talked about some of the free agent acquisitions with uh taj also and teague yeah so not too much has happened since then boz is back we're happy about that we like boz i yeah. think i'm pretty sure jamal crawford was on the team last time we talked yeah i can't remember we always signed signed crawford signed boz who else did we get uh aaron brooks yeah there he's we go here. he's ready to go <laughs> so exciting um uh, looking forward to the season let's uh What's new with you, Neil? Yeah, not not much. We have uh, we have a preview episode for you here. We are uh, you know it's been a good summer. I was uh, covering the links all summer uh, for Canis Hoopus and um, having a good time doing that. So you know even though it hasn't been NBA basketball, I've definitely been in the basketball world all all summer long. That's Get, the way getting to do the it. access, going uh, to the shoot around, going right. to the practices, going, interviewing the the playmakers. That's right, going to all the things. But I mean, it is a it is a beautiful system how the NBA and WNBA set it all up, right? You know, there's a little bit of overlap. NBA playoffs are happening right when the WNBA season is starting. But then the summer is just wide open for WNBA basketball. And, you know, yeah, there's lots of NBA trades and free agency and stuff. But, man, the best move is just to switch over to WNBA at that point and dig in. because Basketball never stops. That's right. Hoops never stops. Uh, The league's in a great place. So, definitely. We're recording this two nights before Game 5 of the Lynx. So, we're just going to assume they won that one and that we were in the building. And that was a real crazy party. So, congratulations, (laughs) Lynx. Congratulations on that title. Actually, I'm going to say I'm going to go the opposite way. Because last year I congratulated them on a pod before it happened. and. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Lynx. Condolences, Condolences, Lynx. Uh, Better luck next year. You still got all these awesome players coming back. That's right. We got to reverse it. Reverse that jinx. We got to reverse that jinx. Uh, Um, But no, check out Neil's podcast. I know the season will be over by the time you hear this, but he did a great job putting together those podcasts. Thank you. And, uh, you know, like I said, he had the access. He flew to the All Star game on his own dime and sat next to Maya on the jet. Gave her some, uh, what was the food you gave her? Yeah, I gave her some sweet potato chips. And then she won the All-Star MVP. And then she won MVP the next night. So, so it worked out. It worked out. Those chips were in her belly while uh, also did that. But yeah, so we have a season preview episode for you today. But first, we have a very special announcement. As you're listening to this right now, you know, we have, uh, you know, we, we're, we're, we're trying to, yeah. We're we're, uh, we're expanding out. We're, we're moving the show forward. It's been a couple of years. We've been out here solo doing our thing, but this year we got a little help from some friends of ours at a website we've already mentioned called canishoopus.com. That's right, they're the new home of Wolves Cast. 
You can uh, listen to shows at uh, CandiceHoopus.com, um, the SB Nation blog of note for Minnesota basketball things, both Timberwolves and Lynx. So, yeah, I had a great experience with them this summer, and they're just so nice and so hospitable, and um, they're really cool over there, and they, they want to do a lot of different things. So I think our podcast is going to fit right in. I'll be doing some writing for them as well. Yes. Off-season, yes. On-season. Uh, In-season, yes. season So, yeah, the Canis is fun because it gives – it's going to – you know, you know it's obviously a visibility thing for us, but it's also a way that we can expand our coverage into some different sorts of things. Maybe you'll see some some posts up on Canis, uh, you know, some some written things um, from Scott, and you know, we'll see. We'll see. We don't really have um, you know definite plans yet, but we, we have plans to do things beyond just this show. Yeah, a little off the wall content, yeah. some stuff you wouldn't normally find. I'm excited. Uh, Canis has always been an indispensable resource for the best comment sections, even in yeah. the really bad years. Uh, <laughs> you could really take a lot of fun going into the comment the comment sections where Johnny Flynn is a curse word. <laughs> You have to you have to like black it out so you can't read it, and you know these got a lot of good recipes for faux and stuff from those uh, from those comments. So excited to be a part of that going forward. And uh, if you are joining us because you've learned about us through Canis and you're going through back through the old episodes, con- congratulations and welcome. Welcome. We do stuff a little bit differently here, but I think you'll dig it. Yeah, totally. So thank you for for listening to our show today. No matter where you're coming from, really appreciate it, and we're looking forward to the season with Canis Hoopus. Um, and with that, let's just jump into our preview here. We have uh, we got some we got a whole bunch of topics. We got a whole bunch of sort of little mini segments um, for day, for today. A little bit different kind of a show than we normally will d- be doing this season. Um, sponsor free, sponsor free, unsullied by sponsors. Our you know regular scheduled programming will start in November, and then you'll kind of ha- have a, a you know a format of a show that you, you know you'll be used to for every week. But this year we're just kind of I mean excuse me this episode we're just going to jump around some different uh, topics and talk about. We usually have a game season. every episode, but we're going to have that drop next week. We have a half an hour episode coming out, Jeopardy Part Two. Our friend Robert with an H came back and uh, <laughs> he just read us a bunch of Jeopardy questions. So. Two Tune in for that. That is one of my favorite episodes of the year. Yes, season preview Jeopardy. Also, I'm going to talk lower. Oh, we, yeah, we, yeah. We heard our voices sound too too similar. If, if this is your first Wolf's Cast experience, Scott and I are, are real life brothers, so we have similar sort of mannerisms and t- type of speaking. And so some people say we sound alike, but uh, so we got we got to I've got to remedy smooth, that. That's velvety radio voice. That's people right. always said you have a voice for the radio, and I said I worked at a radio station. They're like, oh, really? You on the air? I'm like, nah. I'm not on air. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Don't even work there anymore. I'm an editor. You can hire me. <laughs> Freelance. Hire me. Yeah. That's another thing that happened this offseason, Wolves fans. All right. So let's talk about this Lost season of Timberwolves basketball. Starting off right off the top, Scott, why will this team be good this season? So what are the strengths of this Timberwolves team over last year? Uh, the easiest, most obvious Yeah. Way what's number one? Is that we got rid of our bad players <laughs> and replaced them with... Average to good players, to great players even. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's that's about as simple as it gets right there. I mean, you know, that's that should be every team's sort of goal going into the next year. Like, who was bad? Who was good? Let's separate them. Keep the good guys. Get rid of the bad guys. But for the Wolves, those bad guys were mostly the youngest guys. Zach you know? Levine, Chris Dunn. Yes. Love them both. <laughs> yep. I think they both have great promise. Uh-huh. But uh, they were bad. They were bad on defense yeah. and uh, most mostly on offense too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, whenever you can get rid of negatives and replace them, even with adequate players, uh, I think we've seen this uh, 
the Twins kind of did this, and look at them. They're in the playoffs. They Boom. went from worst record in baseball to in the playoffs. Boom. And that's just because they got rid of their bad players and plugged them with just plugged those holes with average players. It's not always so easy to do. Yeah. It sounds easy, but uh, you need to have another willing party willing to take those bad players away from you, and the Wolves certainly found those suckers, I mean, team in uh, the Chicago Bulls, right? you know, to, to say, yeah, we'll take Zach Levine and Chris Dunn, the number one uh, lottery pick uh, in, in exchange for Jimmy Butler. So thankfully the Wolves fleeced, a, fleeced another franchise and able to do that. But, but his, yeah. Yeah, he's made two trades now as a GM. Two trades. One was an absolute fleecing, and yep. man, it looks like that Oklahoma City Thunder pick's not going to be much. Yeah, it's going to be 28th or something like <laughs> yeah, that something at this like point. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, trading for Ricky. great. Um, but yes, trading, swapping out your young players for vets, I think, is, is, is the biggest change uh, for this year's Wolves squad. Adding Jimmy Butler, obviously huge. You've talked about that at length. But just overall, when you look at this roster, you've got all these vets in there now. And that is, more than anything, just going to be a huge difference. I mean, Chris Dunn last year was a great example of someone who really had a really bad season. But all rookie point guards are bad. All Almost all rookies are bad. I mean, and the Wolves had a number of these guys who were on. It was their first year, their second year, even their third year. These guys don't produce. And when you have Tom Thibodeau at the helm, you know, you have the longest playoff drought in this in the league. You're looking to change that. And I think, you know, you know, Thibodeau, I think they were they were wise in the summer of twenty sixteen to not spend their money. They didn't they couldn't get the guys they wanted. Instead they just rolled with the young guys. But after last season, they had enough of that. <laughs> they were ready to ship those guys out and get some actual competent veteran players. And they did that. Yeah, and you know, I'm excited. Uh, we talked at length how we we think that Wiggins and Cat want to be great players, but I don't think that there's anyone holding them accountable. I think they were more interested in making all-star teams, making all-NBA teams, getting their sponsorship dollars, getting their next big contract. They're not interested in they, – they say they're interested in them making the playoffs because nobody likes to lose. But I think that their main goals were individual achievements. Sure. And I think we've got the veterans now in the locker room to hold them accountable to uh, the ultimate goal, which is winning games. Also the number one thing, I think, with the types of guys Tibbs brought in, Tibbs brought in was – Players who know what he's going to be running, the type of system he wants to play with. Obviously, Jimmy Butler, um, you know. Jimmy G. Buckets, the G stands for gets, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, they've literally played for him. But then you have other guys. Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks literally played for him. But then you also have guys like Crawford, um, you know, and um, who else? Uh, you know, Crawford, uh, you know, a good vet, you know, who, who, who understands what, you know, he's been around the league long enough. He, he understands what, you know, Thibodeau's looking for and, and what he brings to the table. So, you know, just beyond just being older guys who aren't rookies anymore, you have guys who have played for Tibbs before. And I think it's going to go a long way. Yep. I'm excited. Um, and then hopefully, you know, knock on wood, we get some uh, internal growth. As well, hopefully Towns and Wiggins both take a step forward. I'm sure they will. Um, hopefully Bielitsa is healthy all season. So I feel like every year we're like, Bielitsa is finally putting it together. And then after, you know, and then he injures himself. And it's like, oh, man, he was finally putting it together over those last five or six games. And yeah. then he got a foot injury. So well, hopefully he stays healthy and provides a solid role. Well, what's nice about this year, though, is that that internal development can take a back seat to the players they brought in. You know, first of all, it's going to be Butler and Gibson. These guys bring a new element. And then the growth of Towns and Wiggins, you're expecting that, and that's going to be important this year, but the season's not going to ride on that, right. you know, in, in a lot of ways. So just having Butler, you know, obviously is going to be is going to be huge. But, yes, the Wolves are looking for Towns and Wiggins primarily to take that next step forward and to, you know, just become more reliable players on both ends of the court. They both need to improve on defense. That's something that's huge this year. 
Um, That's and, why the Wolves are going to be better. Yeah. But, Neil, let me ask you. <laughs> yeah. What's the reason why the Wolves are going to be bad? Don't! <laughs> the Wolves, yes. So, so there are some questions here about, about what might hold this team back. Um, you know, lots of people very high on, on this team, possibly being up in the middle of the Western Conference playoff. Vegas odds have them as the fifth best team in the West. Wow. And just to jump up from 30, 31 wins the last year, it's going to take a huge improvement. So here are some a couple things that we think might be issues this season. Number one is depth. You know, uh, the, the starting five looks sterling. They look great. Um, you know, the names, the, the types of guys you have there are solid. But then you get into the bench and things get a little hairy. You know, the Wolves didn't do a great job filling out their roster this year. They were lucky to get Shabazz Muhammad on like a minimum one-year deal to come back. Um, Jamal Crawford has a lot of holes in his game. He's going to be one of the oldest players in the league this year. Not a I, great – I mean, he's never been a great defender. Actually, he's never been a good defender. No, yeah. But he hasn't even been that great on offense the last few years. Yeah, so. people think of him as a shooter, but he's he's not a great shooter even. So he's a guy that can get hot. You know you know him for his, his, his ball handling and his ability to go on a run of scoring 10 straight or something. But – you know, that's just not who he is. Can Tyus be a backup point guard, or is yeah. he going to lose his minutes to Aaron Brooks? Brooks? What's that going to be like? Both of those guys are small backup point guards. Um, you know, you want to say this is a Tom Thibodeau team. The depth doesn't matter because most of his starters are going to be playing 75 to 80% yeah. of the minutes. Yeah. So how many minutes are there to go around to give to Shabazz and Gorgie and that and the like? Um, but at this, So maybe depth doesn't hurt this team as much as it would hurt any other team, but it's still an issue because somebody's going to get injured. Someone's going to have to take two weeks off because they twisted their ankle. And then do we have the depth to fill that lineup hole and move the rotations around so that we don't fall back in this loaded Western Conference during that two weeks or so. Yeah, the rotations and the and the way that that, that uh, Tibbs uses these guys as far as the second unit goes can be very interesting. It's gonna be very interesting to see how the you know how he staggers minutes. You know, everyone expects that you know Butler, Wiggins, and Towns are all gonna play play 35, 36, 37 plus minutes um, this season, and maybe that'll be true, but. Um, yeah, especially with the with the lack of bench they have here, that might, you know might be locked in right there. You know that might be something that's for sure happening. Um, with any luck, they're better than our terrible bench last year. Oh, got a really bad performance from the bench. Chris Dunn was not ready to run back up point guard minutes, and uh, anything we got from Rush and Aldrich were just extra at that point. So we had a really bad bench. We might still have a bad bench, but not as bad as last year, at least. Yeah, I'm interested to see you know what the rotation is going to be. I mean, you think. You know, Gorgie, you'll be the first guy off the bench. We, we know as of this recording, we've seen one preseason game. Um, you know, Gorgie coming off the bench. He, he said all the right things about that. I think he's going to be fine with that role. So he's definitely the sixth man. You know, he's going to be the first guy to come. Well, I don't know about he'll be the first guy to come in, but he'll be, you know, the most talented guy off the next role, off the next um, bench. Um, Shabazz, uh, Jamal Crawford, you, you mentioned Tyus Jones, right. Bielitsa. But then that might be about it. It might kind of fall off a cliff after that as far as minutes go. I don't know if Tibbs, Cole Tibbs has never play. been a guy who's played 12 guys. Yeah, you know, his yeah. rotation is usually eight, nine guys. So yeah. we might not even see, you know, I don't know who gets the short end. Maybe Jamal Crawford or Shabazz. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It's weird Shabazz came back here, right? It's like very weird. He's, I appreciate that he wants to come back here. He said he had deals for more money elsewhere. But the problem is he's not going to get enough minutes to build his contract up. Like, yeah. what made him think, like, last year playing for Tibbs, like, that he got enough minutes at all to get a good contract? And I just feel like it's going to be the exact same problem with him. I think he's going to get you know the short end of the stick when it comes to minutes off the bench, especially if Tibbs wants to play like an eight-man rotation. Yeah, I think between him and Crawford should be interesting to see who who's in and who's out in that group. Wow, those two wings, who plays better, 
and um, you know who is you know who who falls into favor um, with with uh, Thibodeau this season. Some other problems, uh, some other reasons the team might be bad, might have trouble this year. I think there's a lack of shooting around Carl Anthony Towns. I think ultimately you would have liked to see Towns, who's just a monster in the paint. Obviously, people like him for his stretch abilities, but you want to see Towns in the paint where he shoots an amazing percentage and is seemingly unstoppable. You like to see just shooters all around him there, and the Wolves seem to have a lack of long-range shooting here. So we need to hear more of that sound. We need to hear that 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 net ripping right there. But, you know, we really need to see a big uptick from Wiggins, from Bielitsa, um, you know, Butler. All these guys need to shoot a bigger, a larger percentage from three um, for this team to be really successful to reach their, their, their sort of potential this season. And, and it's questionable at this point. After watching one preseason game, I can confidently <laughs> say Taj Gibson cornered threes. <laughs> Raining them down. Yeah, if Taj and Gorgie can sit in that corner and reliably stroke it from there, that would be a huge addition. Yeah. But, I mean, we've seen a little bit of that from Gorgie. He doesn't really shoot that in any amount of volume. And, uh, I mean, Taj has literally, I think, shot 35 three-pointers in his entire career up to this point or something like that. So uh, it would be nice if they could add that to their game. But uh, even we could do some small lineups, but we'll see. We'll see how that comes. Yeah. Another also, question is, how yeah. is Butler and Wiggins going to fit together? Yeah, they're uh, kind of the same. They're maybe a little bit redundant. Done it offensively. On yes. defense, I think they're going to be, uh, you great. know, peanut butter and jelly. Just they're just going to be great together. But the question is, they both kind of need that slashing game where they're charging into the lane, picking up fouls, getting to the rim. Uh, so what's it going to be like if they're both on the court? Yeah, they're really going to figure out how they can work together and really become their best versions of their game while being on the floor together with one basketball. I mean, especially after Wiggins' last bunch of years. I had all the shots he could eat, you know, everything he wanted, he could have it. And this year, you know, Butler's going to be the primary scorer. He's going to be the primary, he might even be the primary ball hander from time to time, taking the ball up the court. And so Wiggins sort of fitting into more of a off-ball, spot-up type of guy, I think that's going to be an interesting situation. It'll be interesting to see how Andrew deals with that. I think, I think uh, just my own personal opinion, maybe we can move this to the predicted. Yeah. I think both Towns and Wiggins will have more shots per game than Jimmy G buckets. Wow. Yeah. I think I think Jimmy will be the third offensive option. Wow. Our first defensive option. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, more than anything, yeah, you know, Butler is going to take the load off of Wiggins' shoulders as far as guarding the other team's best scorer on the wing. And I know you think Wiggins is still going to take more shots, but you know his shots maybe come down a little bit from what he's used to in the last three seasons. Um, you know, so so we'll see about that. Shout first to Drew Wiggs, man. Right, he's finally listening. It'll Maple be a good Jordan. year. <laughs> Maple Jordan. Let's talk about Wiggins for a quick second. Just sure. a quick second, and we'll continue on with this pod. I think the Wiggins hate this offseason has gone a little too far. Oh, I've seen, especially, you know, we look big fans of the new Grantland, the Ringer. Uh-huh. Their writers have a real chip on their shoulder about Andrew Wiggins because Ooh. his real plus-minus numbers, his advanced stats, if you looked at him, it had him as one of the worst defenders in Defense, the league. Defense, yeah. But I'm just saying that doesn't take into account the fact that this guy played, like, the most minutes in the league, had to do it on offense and defense, and was often out of position on defense because of Zach Levine. He was playing the small forward where he's undersized against guys like Paul George and Kevin Durant yeah. and LeBron James and now he doesn't have to do that anymore we saw that Wiggins can be a good defender when he's on a smaller shooting guard and guess what he's going to be guarding that 24-7 this year I think we're going to see Wiggins defense explode this year and everyone's going to feel silly questioning whether he was worth that max contract 
Wow. I mean, what would you call like the like character you just went into right now? Like just like the fast talking hot take mode. You're just fired up I'm right there. I'm just fired up about it. I just think that the hate's gone a little too far, you guys. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the number of like points scored through the first three years, he's on a top five list with like Kobe and Michael and stuff, okay? And yeah. Shaq. Like no one's getting buckets like Wiggins. He's playing all those minutes, and I think we're gonna see a huge like he might not even be playing defense that much differently, but just because he has a good defender next to him in Butler and that he's playing his true position on defense. Defense, we're gonna be like, oh wow, where was this Andrew Wiggins? Like, you just didn't notice. Yeah, he's gonna fit right in, I think, to that new role. I think it'll be good for him. I'm excited. I about agree. That. All uh, right. The last thing though I'm worried about in the West is that it takes time for these teams. The new, you know, we see it anytime the super team comes together, Miami Heat, the Cavs, or whatever, it, it takes them the first two months and all the ESPN stories are like, what's wrong with the Heat? Should they fire <laughs> Spolstra? Yeah. What's wrong with the Cavs? Because it's taken them they're at 500 after 20 games. And it just takes time for especially teams with a whole lot of new pieces a lot of new team yeah. members like this it takes time to develop a chemistry and you're trying to do that in preseason but you can't do that until you're on the floor playing nba games so if we get out to a slow start this western conference is loaded loaded and we're going to probably get into that a little bit later when we talk about win totals but it's just like it does it, one bad two-week stretch might be enough to ruin your chances in the Western Conference in the playoffs, just because that's how tight it's going to be. Luckily, there's a lot of other new faces on a lot of Western Conference contenders, so hopefully they're slow to develop that chemistry. But I'm saying if this team comes out of the gate, you know, and they play seven and nine in their first however many games, uh, in the first 18 games, like, you know, that might be a real thing. And where does that put us in this crazy loaded Western Conference? Yeah, so, I mean, I think you kind of had two things there. One sort of patience you know this is gonna be hard to put everything together here so be patient but also you know this you know if if the team doesn't come together after a month or two that's a problem as far as the overall so so patience to start but also they can't take too long to put this all together because there's a lot of great teams out west and especially if towns or or your butler misses two to three weeks with an injury of any kind then that might be enough to scuttle the whole playoff hopes. Yeah. But injuries are a thing that can happen to any team anytime. So, you know, it could just as easily be Portland has Damian Lillard out for three weeks. Who knows? You know? All right, let's do this next part quick. We got two more little segments here. Why this team will be fun. Reasons why this team will be a fun one this year. Jimmy G Buckets, the G stands for gets, ladies and gentlemen. Right away, Jimmy Buckets, right at the top. They will be fun because you have a true top 10 talent in the whole league right there. In Jimmy Butler, that's just going to be fun to watch. I mean, you could argue that Kevin Love was a top 10 player when he was here, you know, maybe the uh, 13, 14 year or something like that. But right now, Jimmy Butler, you know, has a respect of the whole league. He's one of the best players in the NBA, and he's on the Timberwolves squad. <laughs> as soon as Jimmy plays his first game with the Timberwolves, he might be the third best player to ever suit up for the Timberwolves. True. So, like, regardless of whether that's true or he's fourth or whatever, you're going to see one of the best Timberwolves squads, one of the best Timberwolves players ever. Uh, that we've ever had in, in the franchise history. So enjoy that. That's going to be super fun. Um, I think the personalities of both Butler and Cat in particular yeah. are really fun guys yeah. who are, have really fun social media presences. They're Good also quotes. in tons of ads. They're, yeah. You know, you see them in the Gatorade commercials uh-huh. and the Jacklings commercials. And like Wiggins is a fun guy too to follow. He's a little bit quieter, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like two real big personalities in Butler and Towns that are just very enjoyable to follow on. Looking forward to that. Also, obviously, all, all the new things. Uh, the team, it's their main marketing behind this year. Um, you know, everything is new. They get a new roster. New era, new look. New era, new look. Uh, new uniforms, new arena. Everything, you know, even beyond what happens on the court is going to 
be brand new this year. And, you know, even if the team, you know, maybe disappoints a little bit, um, just having that newness about it all, I think, is going to go a long way. And it's just going to provide a different sort of feel to this season beyond what happens on the court. So, so I think that's something that'll be fun. Yeah, this one year. of the most fun things about watching that preseason game against the Lakers New jerseys. New jerseys. Look good. New Looking look. good. Looking good. And yeah, hopefully the new arena is awesome. I've got uh, some uh, suggestions already for the new arena, but we'll take that for a future episode <laughs> because uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to keep flying with this. Um, and then lack, lots of national attention. We usually say, yeah, you know, we complain about how the Wolves get ignored in the national scene, but uh, already all the season previews are talking about us. Yeah. We're, we're going to have the spotlight on us this season. we get a Christmas Day game again. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. So uh, that'll be fun. Uh, I'm sure we'll be in the national spotlight a whole lot. You know, all, Zach Lowe will be talking about us on the Low Post podcast <laughs> and stuff like that. It'll be new territory right there. It's one thing to be exciting, but hopefully the Wolves will be an above 500 team and you know, that'll be very, very fun for all those sorts of reasons. All right. Well, that's the reasons that'll be fun. Neil, why will this team be frustrating? Some frustrating things about this team. Number one, I think they will play with a slow pace. I think it'll sort of, it'll be fun for Wolves fans to watch because they'll be winning and they'll be playing well. And you have Jimmy Butler and other great players, but I think they, they might take a slow, slow it down, grind it out, uh, you know, heavy emphasis on the defensive end of the ball type of things. Not really Grizzlies grit and grind, but more towards that rather than the Ricky Rubio get out and run Full sort of court teams. passes. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot less outlet passes. So this it, it might not be the most aesthetically wonderful, but for Wolves fans, it's fine because we'll be winning. <laughs> Especially when it's, it's going to take two to three months for this offense to get used yeah. to each other. It's going to be a lot of grit lock a lot of ugly offense in the first couple months that'll uh-huh. be frustrating i think the main thing that's going to be frustrating this season i remember this from the last love season we should have sound drop the last love because we talk about that last season with kevin love rick adelman we went 40 and 42 i believe it was yep and just barely missed the playoffs and there was just that stress that that team was expected to make the playoffs there's so many implications about the franchise's future if they didn't we really went all in with that yep. squad of peck rubio love martin. kevin martin yep. you know cory brewer starting five yeah and uh there was so much expectations that it made it almost unenjoyable to watch a lot of those games because of the pressure and just knowing like this is a three-game losing streak and we just lost this game and that it it puts so much pressure as a fan that you really I at least I had trouble struggling to enjoy some of those games Uh, last year like it was so much fun to watch because there was no expectations but with the expectations comes like the pit in your stomach when you're watching your team lose games they should win you know yeah totally it's like well what if, if this doesn't happen what does it mean like there's such like a cliff almost with it all that you're like it's not just like well that's too bad if they don't make the playoffs it's like it's doom and gloom if they don't make the playoffs so i've got problems with referees but you know i knew we were aiming for that good lottery pick last year so it's like man the refs really screwed us in the fourth quarter but i'm gonna try and keep my cool as best as i can i'm really gonna have some ruined days like whole days ruined by the previous night's bad calls that went to a you know an iffy loss that we might need yeah, totally. It's gonna so, ruin it for me. So yeah, so those are some reasons to look out for for maybe some some frustrating times ahead. But uh, it'll definitely be an interesting season. It'll be fun, but it'll also might be frustrating from time to time. So look out for that. Um, okay, cool. Let's move to the next segment. It is a um, new section we call most likely to. And so we're just gonna kind of lightning style uh, go. This is this is inspired by yearbooks. You know what I mean? Some some yearbook action, some different. Um, you know, you, you know, you see it in your back of the yearbook how, like how it works. Yeah. There we go. We Boom. don't have to tell you what segment that was. Most likely, it's award shows. It's kind of like a yearbook. Shows. You know, most likely to be president. Yep. Most likely to you know 
be crazy. To be homeless. Yeah, I didn't get any of most likelies in yeah. high school. Did you, Neil? No, I don't think I did either. You're most likely to be in a band, most two-person likely, band. Most likely to start a podcast. About the Timberwolves. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so most likely to we got I think we have eight of these seg- of these um, of these prompts here. First one, most likely to be an all star this year. Okay, so uh, among among Timberwolves players, who's the most likely to be an all star? For me, it is Carl Anthony Towns. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. I just think um, you know the looking at the all star roster from last year, a lot of the bigs were kind of weaker bigs. You got Marcus Saul. I-, I love Marcus Saul. But you know, we are officially a pro Marcus All podcast. Marcus All, DeAndre Jordan are two guys who are not locks in the Western. Memphis Conference. is one of the scariest teams for me too. It's like we to, need to them to be out of the playoffs. Are. Yeah, yeah. Like Conley and Gasol, and they have good coaching. They can drag that team to an eight seed. No yeah. Problem. So for me, I would say Carl is the answer just because of the the other bigs in the West. What about you? Um, my answer is a multi time All Star already. Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to Stacey King for giving us that audio. Listen, let's not get it complicated here. We're talking about the guy on the team who's a top 10 player. We're talking about, you know, one of the best players. I mean, he's in his prime right now. Cat's going to get to his prime. Cat's exciting. Gordon Hayward, all-star last year. That's right. He's gone. He's gone. It's a a (laughs) tough conference to make an all-star team in, but I'm always going to bet on your team's best player, and that is Jimmy G Buckets, everybody. Next question. Who's most likely to be the per- perfect flirt? No, I'm getting I'm getting another yearbook <laughs> stuff. Flirt. Most likely, uh, that's that's weird. Um, all right, most likely to lead in a social political issues. You know, the LeBron calling the president a bum. You bum. Who's going to be doing that for our team? And then the corollary. Oh man, I messed that up. But you guys know what I was talking about. Or most, who's the most likely to accidentally say slash tweet something completely tone deaf? Okay, so um, I think the leader in this would be Jamal Crawford. Just because he's the grizzled vet of the team, you know he's he's uh, you know he he's coming off the bench. He's no longer in the prime of his career. He can he can stretch out and say some things. He's maybe. not worried about his money. He's made no, his money. Not worried about the money. He's not from worried that about the pro- contract. That progressive about... city of Seattle. That's right. He's from the Pacific Northwest, where you say things like this. Um, and then someone who might mess up a little bit and say something tone deaf, I would maybe say uh, Patton on that one. Justin Patton, just because he's a rook. It's kind of like the same logic there. Crawford, media savvy. Everyone loves him on the mic. Everyone says he's a great quote. And then uh, so he's that. And then and then Patton, you know, he still needs to figure that out. And I don't know. I, I don't I don't know where where his politics lie, but I can see him maybe tweeting something uh, not quite right. His heart's uh, in the right place, but he yeah, just messes it up. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I have. What about you, Scott? I have uh, Jimmy Buck. Buckets being our social leader. He's the leader of everything. The thing was, he's, yeah, he's all just a leader, leader all around. And um, I've been reading a lot of his interviews, his old interviews this summer, wanting to get to know the most I can about our new player. And he really doesn't care what he says. He's very forthcoming <laughs> and honest in a way yep. that uh, Towns is so coached. You know, we see yep. how he's the teacher's pet. He seems like he's made for the media, the safe media soundbite. Whereas I feel like Jimmy's very real in his interviews. And so, you know, I think Towns might play it a little safe, which, you know, you can argue is okay because he's still got a lot of sponsorships he's going to make in his life. He did I do feel- the Players' Tribune thing, though. That's That's the one thing he has going for him towns there neither was picked him but yeah but uh, when the whole president stuff happened during media day yeah, he had a very sh- diplomatic yeah. answer yeah. to it so <laughs> i'm gonna just say butler is a little more i don't care what i say or how it sounds and for my most likely uh most likely say something a little tone deaf put the foot in the mouth 
was leaning towards Cole Aldrich, but I'm Me actually too. I'm actually going to Gorgie Jane. Um, <laughs> maybe it's not going to be about Trump or anything, but one, he's got the international thing going for him where he doesn't understand maybe some stuff yeah. that's taboo in America that's not, if you're not uh, you know tuned in to uh, kind of the cultural history of the U.S., but also because I could see him saying something like, Rick Pitino did nothing wrong, or, you know, or <laughs> Louisville, oh, yeah. shouldn't have had anything that happened to it. Connection. Louisville is, a, you know, oh. a golden example of, you know, good things in sports. So I could see, you know, Gorgie messing up and saying something because he's also a guy who will say what he's thinking, which I respect him for. All right, next one. Most likely to be way better than they were last season. Scott, who do you think is going to be way better than they were last year? Shout the Drew Wiggs, man. Right, finally listening. Not going to spend too much time because I kind of brought this up earlier. I just think that Wiggins is already so good and he had to carry so much of that load last season. I think he's going to have a lot less on his plate, making him concentrate on the things that... And plus, we've seen Wiggins improve year after year. So he's going to come into the league. He said he was working on his rebounding this offseason. That was a big thing we would always complain about. Mm. And so I just think that without Wiggins needing to do it all on defense and taking such a huge load on offense, he might not even improve that much, but the look is going to be like, wow, this guy is doing so much more because he he can do less yeah his efficiency number is gonna go way up this year you know i think that's true um for me is shabazz muhammad i think uh i think he will have a great year um you know i think he was humbled this this summer to say the least uh yes he was in a contract year last year technically with that extension but now he's truly in a play for your career one year make good deal with the wolves He's got to show that he belongs in this league and that he he um, you know is owed a uh, bigger contract uh, for multiple years and stuff. So I think you're going to see Shabazz a get the opportunity because the Wolves don't have a lot of wings. Uh, it's going to be between him and, and Jamal Crawford. And B, you're going to see him hungrier than ever. You know, he's uh, he's hungrier. He's hungry. Or, or Shabazz Muhammad continues to stay thirsty. He's thirsty. He is that. He's going to be even thirstier this year, trying to get that deal. He's going to have the opportunity. He's lost weight. Uh, muscle watch, hashtag muscle watch on Shabazz Muhammad. Looks great. Looked good in the first preseason game. I think Shabazz Muhammad, that's who I want to see break out this season. All right, Neil, let's get the noisemakers out for this <laughs> next one. <laughs> Yeah, the, the 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 yeah, just in case. Self-censor a little bit. Yeah. Cuz the next question is, what is the most likely expletive that gets Tibbs fined by the FCC this year? All right, mine is uh get the back on defense with the FU FU right there. We for... all heard a lot of curse words from Tibbs. Hopefully the target <laughs> center is not as empty so you can't hear it on the live mics as much. But anyone who watched the Wolves game at least heard at least one curse well, you word heard per it. game. Yeah. So at some point it's going to get so loud the FCC's going to have to step in uh-huh. and do something. They're going to have to drop the fine on him. I think I'm going to change mine though. Originally I was say he's going to say you got to be in me. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of like a young kid. It's a little hip yeah. to be using the word like that. So okay. instead, I'm going to use using the Lord's name in vain and going, God in <laughs> it. Oh, multiple. Yeah. Multiple all in Put one. Put them together. Put them together. Use the Lord's name in vain and like throw that. that F-bomb in there as well. Tib's getting fined this year. He's got all, the money. It's okay. To it. Yeah, he's, he's got, got that money. He's got, the, he's got that security of like a five-year, $30 million deal. It's good. He's making all them millions. All right, next one here. Uh, most likely to be traded. Who's the most likely Timberwolves player to be traded this year? Scott, who you got? I'm going to say Gorgie. I know it might be a little tired right now because he's just starting that four-year deal. 
it's uh, maybe a little bit more expensive than we would have given to him in a hindsight. Bit, a little bit but rich. All it takes is to find the team with the cap space who wants to give it a go. Any contract is tradable, and it's not like Gorgie's is that bad. I just think that he's an odd fit. Obviously, he's an odd duck with his squad. Um, you know, he's going to be an odd fit next to Talons when we have both Gibson and Bielitsa. And uh, he's a great soldier. I love Gorgie. He's a smart guy. I think, you know, he's going to do great things, but I could also see him being the odd duck out. Yeah, I think he's going to, and I think his, his value might go up with his coming off the bench. I think he'll be a very valuable six man. G9! That's right, G9. Uh, for me, I think uh, most likely to be traded is a tie. I got to do a one tie between Tyus Jones and Cole Aldridge. You know, Cole's name was in trade rumors all summer with the Kyrie stuff. He's a like $7 million, I think, expiring contract, or maybe has two years left on his two deal. Years, two years, Two years left. So, you know, I'll, you know, you can, if you need money to include to a deal, he's he's great for that. I don't think he's going to play a lot this year, so I think you know he's he's expendable in that way. There's a lot less teams that need to hit the salary floor, unfortunately. And Tyus is more of a controversial one. Everyone loves Tyus Jones. It's I, not like I, he's making I that do. much money, anyways. Yeah, I, I like Tyus too, but if he under you know delivers in any way, we've already seen the Thibodeau Laden uh, you know duo. Trade in these guys this summer. They're not married to the flip picks. No, you know? no, no, no. They're not his picks. They don't care about this Apple Valley kid like Flip did. So you know they already have. Um, you know they already have um, uh, uh, Aaron. Uh, sorry, Aaron Brooks in yeah. waiting. They already have someone kind of waiting who could do maybe seventy five percent. You know, sixty five percent of what Jones can bring to the table. Um, you know, I think Tyus is the, clearly the second best point guard on this roster. But if you were to move him, if things aren't going right in February at the trade deadline. Lots of teams would love to have Tyus Jones. I like the Tyus one, and I'll tell you why. Because Tyus is a player who you could... A lot of people could watch what he's done and see different amounts of value. Mm. Because you could watch all the limited minutes he's gotten and say, Tyus is a real hidden investment. This is a guy who's played really well in the minutes that he's had. And all it takes is one team to be like, I think under more minutes he would shine. And so I I could see teams seeing the hidden value in Tyus. Whereas Cole is more of a salary thing. I think you're right. Next one. All right, Neil. My question for you is most likely to hold the mic and address the fans at the home opener, you know, before the game where they thank all the fans for coming and everything like that. I guess they thank you, Ray, for a great season. You know, they're at half court right, right before the anthem. For me, Carl Anthony Towns is the obvious answer here. He is the teacher's pet. He is very good on the mic. He is very eloquent. And uh, he says all the right things seemingly all the time. And that's the perfect, uh, this is the perfect uh, media f- medium for this. So I think it's Towns. What about you? This one's almost too easy. I agree. Yeah. Towns is just like... <laughs> we can t- agree. It's he's fine. He's the teacher's pet. He's the spokesperson. He's the guy you know is, is going to say something yeah. really sweet. And then like, I remember the first time he spoke, he like called out a grandma and gave her a kiss on the sidelines or something, you know, before a preseason game. It so was like, corny. you know, so corny. But if I have to pick anyone else, I'm going to say Tyus, who's also a very well-spoken kid and uh, is the hometown fan. So... If it's not Towns, it'll be Tyus. Next one. Most likely to live in Tibbs' doghouse. Who is somebody who is going to, you know, piss off Tibbs and really just, you know, maybe get benched. Ride the pine. Follow the rotation. Yeah, someone who is going to really take the ire of of Tom Thibodeau and and take it to the next level. Scott, who you got? Bottles, the great and powerful. (laughs) 
I just think we saw it last year a lot um, where it's easy to bury Boz on the bench. He doesn't give you a whole lot. He's not a great defender. Sometimes you can see him be competent, but he's never a great defender. He's never passing. He's always just a little out of control. And that's what we kind of saw in the preseason game too is that like he's trying to get his and be a spark plug, kind of a Corey Brewer type spark plug, but that's never impressed Tibbs much. And so just like I've seen uh, Shabazz fall out of the rotation under Tibbs last season, I could very easily see it happening again. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you know, previous, you know, previously in Timberwolves basketball, here's what happened, and you know, Shabazz is not necessarily the guy you would you would, you would point to and say, oh, he he does all the little things, right? Exactly. No, he does one or two big things very well. <laughs> Good one uh, for me again, Tyus Jones. I think this is somebody who Thibodeau is ready to, for him to be the backup. But at any moment, he can pull the plug on that. And, uh, you know, Aaron Brooks can be the guy. So if Jones, you know, I think if Jones struggles early on or has trouble um, to start this season and, and doesn't give Thibodeau what he's looking for, there's going to be a quick hook for him. He's got someone right behind him in Aaron Brooks, ready to go. And I think this might be somebody who could be in Thibodeau's doghouse this season. I think it's one of Thibodeau's weirdest character traits about his Chicago years. Point is guards. that he always had a backup point guard who was undersized and was just like <laughs> took all the shots. Nate Robinson, Aaron Brooks, CJ Watson. And, like we always saw that guy where he was like, you know, usually you think of him as, oh, we want big defending guys. But he was okay with having a gunner at point guard as a backup point guard. And Tyus is not a gunner. He's a more full fully rounded point guard. Yeah. He's going to run the offense. Whereas Aaron Brooks, if, if Thibodeau wants that gunner again, he gets married to that gunner. Right there. Like Aaron Brooks is his guy. We've seen it happen before. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to end our most likely. Actually, no, we one have more, one, one more. more. One more. Who's most likely to radically alter their look midseason? I'm talking about NBA 2K. You know, they okay, scan yeah, all the players' faces. Too. That's why I took it. And they too. have all their styles locked in. And then some player will change their style. And then you're looking at NBA 2K and you're like, when are they going to update the haircut in NBA 2K? Because this guy doesn't look that way anymore. All right. For me, it is Nemanja Bielitsa. I think this is someone who has a very malleable look. You know, he grew out his hair this summer. He cut it up for media day. But I could see him even going into a different kind of hairstyle. And I think he's a prime tattoo um, uh, tattoo candidate here. You know, he's just very, had his second child. Maybe get the name tattooed. Second baby. Yep, yep. Maybe get some names, get some likenesses. I don't know, something like that on his arms. Can he grow his, facial hair? Because that's always a big, you know, change. That's a good one. That's a good one. So there's he's he's a blank canvas. He's as blank as they get. I think as far as Timberwolves players. So for me, it's it's Bealita. What about you? Maple Jordan. <laughs> I'm talking about Andrew Wiggins. He's already done it once. If you watch the trailers for NBA 2K, he had his beard. He grew out that summer beard, which is pretty messy. I mean, we've all been there. Early early 20s, happy with what we have. We're okay with the patchy (laughs) stuff. And so he had kind of like a mud and chop look, you know, (laughs) kind of going with a really scraggly goatee. Wisely shaved it, but that's his look in NBA 2K. And the braids. And so already he's changing the facial hair. I could see him changing the braids. He's been committed to the braids now for about two seasons, but I could see him going back to a close shaved look. Maybe shaves it all the way. He's got so many options and so many looks. I think he'd look good anyway, you know? So I could see Wiggins doing something drastic. He definitely would do that. Uh, But yeah, braids for the season, big difference. I think he finished last year with the braids, a little preview. We've seen fro. We've seen it close cut. We've seen braids. We've seen a lot of different looks from Wiggins, whereas Towns, I feel like, is so married to the branding. He's we got that little plush. Stall of towns where he's got the squiggly line in his hair and he's like, well, we better keep that squiggly line there because that's part of the branding now, you know? It's part of the marketing. So, I mean, the to- uh, Towns is just, you know, he's the kind of guy who is tied into the marketing. Jack Link's jerky. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's got it all. Okay, cool. Uh, we got one more segment and we're going to wrap this thing up, uh, but you know we got to do it. It's time for Predict It. 
We'll predict it. We'll predict it. We'll predict it. We got a crystal ball up in here. We'll predict it. We'll predict it. We'll predict it. We're making educated guesses about future events. Time to predict it. We've been talking predictions all show, but now we make it's official. Lots of predictions. Yeah, we yeah. shoot a lot of shots on this show. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Shooters gotta shoot. We have so many things to predict, um, but uh, yeah, real, real quick. First of all, I want to follow up on some uh, previous predicted things. I had uh, predicted at the end of uh, last season um, that less than half of the players um, from uh, last year's roster would return, and um, that pretty much came true. You know, we had uh, seven of the final 15 on last year's team return um, this season. I really didn't, I mean, I really thought Shabazz would be one of those guys who was gone too. I was counting on him to be gone, but yep. even with him being on the team, yeah, they, they they cut half the team. So that's that's pretty intense. That's pretty crazy that they got faces. rid of so, so many guys. So, yep, that was a good one. But yeah, we want to do some predictions now that kind of will encapsulate the whole. Next season, my prediction whole, retained to the season, so we'll get into that. Yeah, Scott Scott out. had predicted um, the big three will all score forty points in the same game. Got a new big three, and they're they're ready to score. Volume scores, they're ready to score. <laughs> so that one's looking Although, pretty good. Admittedly, that one's easier when Ricky's on the team. That's right, because Teague, you know, is going to take his shots as well. That's right. So right now, we're going to just uh, give you each a prediction here for for the overall season. I'll start us off. Um, and I will predict that um, Andrew Wiggins will lead the team in made three-pointers this season. Um, this has been something that's been talked about a lot uh, leading into this year, especially with, as we talked about, the lack of shooting overall on this team. But I think Wiggins will be the guy. A lot of people are saying Towns. That, that I think it's going to be close. You know, I think between Towns, Butler, and Wiggins – and uh, maybe, I don't know, Beale needs to come off the bench. But I have a feeling this is one where we're not going to know the answer till the end of the season, but we're going to know the answer like a month in when we see like what mm, guy is taking eight a true. game. You know, is T going to take eight a game, or is Wiggins going to kind of know just by the attempts? I expect uh, Jimmy Butler to do a lot a lot of a lot more ball handling than most Bulls fans think are going to happen this year, and therefore Wiggins is going to be ready to spot off. Uh, his, you know, maybe his guy will come off of him to double up on Wiggins or excuse me, Wiggins on, on can Butler be a good or Towns. Cutter. He's gonna he's gonna feast when the double comes on Jimmy. If Wiggins can cut off that man, he's that would be, be valuable. Damage. But yeah, I definitely expect him also to kind of spot up, you know, and, and really um, launch those threes. And uh, you know, I think he is prepared, and um, you know, he's done a lot of work on his three point shot. If I had to guess, I would say he will lead the team. It made three pointers this year, so that's my prediction for the 2017 2018 season. Scott, what you got? I also have a prediction related to three points Please. and who's going to be making the most. Yep, I'm think that, and we'll talk about how we measure this. I mm-hmm, think that the mm-hmm. team's front court will make more total threes this season than the team's back court, and it gets hazy though because what where's Wiggins and, and uh. Butler going to be because I think Butler's going to start a lot of games at the two, but ostensibly be playing the three. So maybe we'll have to get into like how we chop this up. But I just think that like Towns, Gorgie, hopefully Gibson, uh, Bielitsa, those and are, and those are the four. We'll say those four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys I think in total will make more threes than the Teague, uh, Butler, perhaps Wiggins backcourt. Yeah, I think we got to count Wiggins as a guard for this for these purposes but yeah i could see that you know we'll again, figure out how to chop it up so that we can update you throughout most people have towns as, as the guy who's going to make the most threes and you know he, again but it's just who's shooting because i can see towns shooting three or four a game yeah. who's going to be shooting six to seven a game for us is the question is it yeah. teak 
Maybe. We'll see. Remains to be seen. That's what's so exciting, Neil, oh, about waiting to see the season. Is so we got so things. many questions about how the style of play <laughs> gonna work. will work out. You know, no. usually it's like you add one or two guys and you can kind of <laughs> guess how the style yeah. will change, but we have no idea. We've added so many no players, so many new guys. It's going to be a completely different style of offense, especially with Teague. Rubio always dictated a certain kind of style of offense of it, the ball flowing through him. So now, really, it's anything goes. And I can't wait to see what it is. We could chop it up more, dissect it on the podcast. Hopefully, you'll be listening all season long because we're going to we're going to have like all kinds of fun ways to talk about this. We love all the Timberwolves podcasts in the area. There's, so many. There's like a dozen. Everyone's got to have a podcast these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of people bring the good facts, the good analytics. Neil and I are going to try and tackle things from a little bit different angle. So yeah. we hope you keep tuning in all season long. Neil, let me ask you this before we go. Okay, one last thing. It's a little early, but I want you to know, I want to hear you say what you think the final win total is going to look like. Vegas has us at Ooh. 46 and a half, I believe, right now. This is big. So That's a big number. That's a big number. They won 31 last year. So yeah, that's with a, a kind of a disappointing year, I would say. Fifteen jump and wins. I'm not sure what their like net rating was. You know what kind of team they should have been based on their net rating. That's always very important to look at. But yeah, 31 wins last year. So you know it is very strange for Wolves fans to predict this win total. I would say right. It's very difficult because uh, obviously the Wolves haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. Um, they've never overachieved. <laughs> we added you know? lots of good players, but we talked about how that works out chemistry-wise. We talked about how loaded the West is, which Ooh. obviously affects your win totals. Yep. Our division alone... Best I division. Hate, best I hate, division. I hate division so much. We've talked about this a lot, but our division is the Thunder, the Wolves, the Jazz, the Nuggets, and the Trailblazers. Tell me which of those teams doesn't make the playoffs, because who knows? All five might. You know, that's All what I'm saying. Might. We're in a loaded division, so we have to play those teams four times each. All five might. So it's very hard. I mean, especially, you know, Wolves fans are going to be gun-shy on this, because they've they've had they've had this uh you know bill of goods sold to them in the past they've had the promises of this is the year i think vegas had us in 40 wins last season yeah right? we scoffed at that on the podcast right yeah. rightly so We're going I think for we 27 BS on that. last yeah. year you just don't jump that many games unless okay. you're the minnesota twins but i'm i'm uh <laughs> okay by like 26 games this season <sighs> there you go well that's great for my prediction because i am predicting 47 wins Whoa! i'm taking the over I'm taking the sl- taking the slight statistics are fun. <laughs> taking the slight over on the Vegas line. I am that's gonna bring some noise to the target center. <laughs> I am ta- I'm drinking the juice on Jimmy Butler, a legit top ten player in the league. That's what I'm hanging my hat on. A guy who knows how to play in a Tom Thibodeau system. And yeah, I'm going for it. I'm going for a 16 game improvement. Year over year, I think the Wolves can get it done. I think you're going to see a very new team. I am optimistic about it, and that maybe is playing into this a little bit, but I'm going 47. I think they're just going to be that good. I think uh, the pieces are finally there, and uh, I believe in Butler. (laughs) What can I say? Jack Link's jerky. That's right. I was going for the respect on my name, but that's fine. That one works too. Okay, 47. Scott, uh, give, give me your number and give me why. Okay, let me just run down the Vegas odds. We know the top four in the West. They're already 50-plus wins in, in their odds. That's Warriors, Rockets, Spurs, Thunder. Yep. Barring injury, those two are going to be in the, class, some order. the top yep. four. And let me tell you the team numbers, four through ten in the West. We got the Timberwolves at 46.5, Nuggets at 43.5, Clippers 42.5, Blazers and Pelicans both 40.5, Jazz and Grizzlies both at 38.5. That's what makes it so scary. 
They were so clumped up right there that a good week or two, or a bad injury or two for any of these teams is going to determine that four through eight or, or that five through eight order. True. I'm confident we're going to be in the somewhere. Playoffs. Yeah. I'm confident we're going to be in the playoffs. But between the chemistry issues that might come together, between the loaded division, the loaded conference that we're in, I can't pick an over on our total. Mm. So I think that you know, with all those teams, you know, man, I th- I think the. I think the Blazers are going to be better than 40 wins. You know, I think the Jazz might be better than, you know. Yeah. So, and the Grizzlies, I definitely think are going to be 38. And Clippers at 42. It's loaded. And Someone's so, got to fall out. I'm yeah. going to just play a little safe, knock a few wins off, still have them in the playoffs, good, but good. at a respectable 11 game improvement over last year, <laughs> we're going to have a 42 win yeah. season. That's going to be enough for the eighth or seventh seed. And we're all going to feel good about it. You mean a disappointing 11 win improvement? <laughs> disappointing because of Vegas. <laughs> Vegas said it's so overrated, but I think that that's a very reasonable approach to this. Enough that we're so still in weird. the playoffs, but that's so many teams bunched up there. And yeah. I just like, I don't know if we're better than some of those teams listed behind us. You yeah, know? it's hard to know without, you know, again, with half the roster overhauled that you can't even, it's such a hard prediction. It's so hard. It's it, so hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm confident we'll be better. I think the Nuggets are a little overrated here. I think the Pelicans are a little overrated. Here, I think the Jazz are going to be good. I, I think find... the Blazers are the worst team in the division. Really? Yeah, I think, the Jazz, I think the Jazz will be better. Because the Blazers, after they got Yusuf Nurkic last year, really took off after great. that trade. Yeah, they were and great. I think that's the team that has the most they stability lost Crab. year he, after year. He was year. their third-leading scorer. Crab was their third-leading scorer. They lost but they have, a, they have a just a jam-packed rotation at that number. That's why they traded them. They had so many of those forward, so guards, tweener types. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I just think that they have all the continuity. They have their stable. Like Everyone knows how it's like to play in for Terry Stotts. Stotts is a great coach. So yeah. I feel like that one I'm not worried about as much as I feel like the Nuggets... You know, that's kind of a new team. It, it could be volatile like the Wolves with a new team. Um, Blazers, I feel good about. Clippers, it remains to be seen how, you know, they're a great regular season team. And, you know, Chris Paul is great, but I, I like some of the options they added, you know. Yeah. I guess the, the thing about the Clippers is they're never healthy. So, you know. Yeah, they got Gallo who gets injured all the time. It's just so. going to be jammed around 42 wins, I think, for a lot of those teams. So I'm going to go 42 and still making the playoffs. It's going to be a dope season. We're very excited. It's about to happen. It's It's got the chance to be the second best wolf season ever. Yeah. I think just yeah. because there hasn't been that many great ones really, but we are prepared for it. You guys, um, cool. we've been waiting for the bandwagon for all these years, Neil. It's here since 2010. We've been going up. I graduated college, came back, said, this is our year every single year. This is our year. And it's here right now. This is our year. I actually believe it this time. All right. It's going to be a great season. Thank you so much for tuning in to our, uh, Timberwolves 17 18 uh, season preview show. Keep your eyes on Canis Hoopus to oh, see. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to have our boring bylines. It's Neil Olstead and Scott Olstead. It's not like Eric and That's Madison us. or something hip. This is our name. It's not something cool. We're just we're just committed to our plain old names this that our, our parents names. gave us. Yeah, we rolled with it. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm, I guarantee it'll be fun to follow along. That's we right. appreciate you being here. Neil's going out on tour mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Cuckoo Kangaroo, so I'm going to have some fun, exciting guest hosts. We're not going to stop bringing you the pods because no. of that. No, there'll be more pods coming. Uh, you know, We'll have uh, a couple uh, podcasts, you and me, in November, and then uh, you and some guests in November. and then Do we'll... a live stream from the G League. You never know what's going to go gonna down happen. to Des Moines. You never know what's going to happen. Crazy, day, crazy weekend in Des Moines, maybe. On Canis Hoopus and everything. So make sure you're following along on Canis Hoopus. Follow us uh, on Twitter at WolvesCast and uh, iTunes. Subscribe. iTunes. Subscribe to Wolfcast. the show. Make sure you're, uh, you know, make sure you're listening because uh, we're going to have, it's going to be a great season and we're going to try and do our best to really expand the show out, uh, like we mentioned, using 
Canis Hoopus as a platform to do some different things, do some fun things with the show this year. Be different. Can't wait. Yeah. It'd be wonderful. Thank you guys for tuning in to our uh, season preview. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a great season. Go Wolves. Jimmy Butler looks so ugly, bruh. Look like a face you put on a totem pole, bruh. Looking like a tiki mask, bruh.